You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Hey friends, welcome back to Thrive. You might remember my conversation with my friend Rachel Autry a few episodes back where we talked about everything from life as a military wife to the realities of battling infertility, really just pulling back the velvet curtain of what goes on behind the bliss of social media as a highlight reel. And Rachel is the girl behind the podcast, Behind the Bliss, which is one of my personal favorites to tune into anytime (laughs) I need a touch of truth or a dose of encouragement for my day. And she's back because she has got some super fun, incredible, really miraculous news to share with you today that is just so dang exciting and such testament to God's goodness. So we are going to talk all about it and that Um, And hopefully just reinstill some hope into any hearts today that maybe have been feeling weary or doubtful that their good thing is coming or even doubtful that God is good. So all that to say, welcome back to Thrive, Rach. Erica, thank you so much (laughs) for having me back again. This is, I was just saying before we recorded, what a full circle moment. (laughs) Truly, literally you made, I'm not going to spoil the news because that's your news, but good Lord, I saw the news and I freaked out and was like, oh my gosh, this is, there's just so much, so much to be said, so much to dive into, so much praise to give to God and so much glory in all of this. Like, wow. And I'm so, I'm just so stoked for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, okay, at what point should I tell people? (laughs) Okay. Well, you could, yeah, spill, we got to hear, give us a recap of you and who you are also for people who either missed the first episode, which y'all hit pause, go back, listen to that because it's such gold, but we need to hear quick recap of you too. But like, drop us the truth bomb because we need some good news on a Friday here. (laughs) That's it. I'm like, I'm all about some good news, especially right now. Um, So I am Rachel Autry. I am a military wife, like Erica said, Um, currently in Mississippi at an Air Force base so that my husband can train. So I know all about the pick it up, move portable life. (laughs) And uh, we're living it right now. Funny, I think Erica, last time we talked, Thomas was at training. Yes, he was in training. He was yeah. coming back. You thought in, I think, like a week or 10 days. And then he showed and then up. He surprised me early. He yeah. showed up early and it was so yes. cute. And you were in Alabama and then you uprooted everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so our home base is in Birmingham, Alabama. I love my Beeham. It's so amazing. We have got wonderful friends, a great place there. And so he'll be flying a big jet in Birmingham later on. So that's, that's kind of history. And I like to preface it too, because I... People are like, no, but tell us about you. And I'm like, I know, but a lot of me is him. So we are high school sweethearts. We know most life together than apart, which is wild at this point. And he truly is like my best friend. And we've been through lots together before, during marriage, all of it. Um, But yeah, my heart really is just to encourage women to make people laugh, to be like, okay, this really doesn't matter that much. Let's focus on something else that does. Just reshifting some minds. But then I also like, I just, I love to be spunky, like the big sister. It's like, you don't need that. <laughs> Put it back. Or like, girl, this is worth it. So you can find me on Instagram saying and doing all of those things. And yeah, and now I'm pregnant and I'm going to be a mom. Ah! That's my news. <laughs> and it's wild. So I'm like, okay, at what point should I start saying like, and I'm, and I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you weird. are. It's yeah. crazy. Well, and that's such huge news too, because the last time we talked, Yes. So much of our episode was talking about your infertility battle and like yeah. you were, you were infertile for what, two years? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's also really weird too. Cause I'm like, uh, people listening might get this, but I'm like, okay, at what point too do I share and say like, that was part of my story. Cause I definitely want to identify it because this baby is such a miracle or at the same time, like, I don't want to give it too much attention because, um, not because I'm embarrassed of it at all. Like I talk about it all the time, but I'm like, it doesn't have the power. So like, at what point do I drop that part of my story? I'm like, no, God wins. (laughs) This is all I'm claiming. In fact, I'm pregnant. I have a beautiful baby one day. So, um, yeah, Erica and I, we talked about 
infertility and how to have hope when things seem hopeless, especially when you get a really weird diagnosis or can't get diagnosis at all, which is really hard too. And um, we walked that road for about two years and um, found some answers about like uh, back in March. So to give a good spiel about, cause everyone's journey with trying to conceive infertility, mm-hmm. all that is so different. And gosh, I wish someone would have told me because in my mind, when we started trying to get pregnant, I was like, well, we better be ready now because we might get pregnant the first time. Like Literally all of my girlfriends yeah. and I, we all ha- have been talking about that specifically lately where yeah. everyone's journey to get pregnant was totally different. Like everyone's, even after having a first baby, people's journeys yeah. to a second, like it is so different and such a personal thing. It's like, oh my God, yeah. people need to yeah. know that. <laughs> There's no equation. And no. for some reason, like I believed that there was an equation. <laughs> and, but also like I grew up with, a really great mom and dad and they're like don't have sex you won't get pregnant it's like we That's all watched we, we were like the mean girls generation where like we all heard like don't have sex you will get pregnant and die and, and like, die <laughs> that, so we were all like oh a plus b equals here's a baby <laughs> like, yeah so i was like okay stay away like, obviously and then that's just weird when you get married and all of a sudden you're like this is supposed to happen okay <laughs> which is a whole nother conversation but um yeah i i just i guess i assumed maybe. And also, you know how everyone's like, be careful. Like my husband sneezed on me and I got, like, I'm not <laughs> and so I don't, I don't know why I just built it up in my mind to be something like that. And it wasn't, which I think was more crushing than the fact that it was hard. Like if I had prepared myself in the beginning, like I am up for anything and I'm not guaranteed anything. This could be hard for me, or this could be the most fun, easiest thing ever, but I can't assume what this is going to be because, uh, it, it almost, you have more to grieve than just the hard thing. You have the fact that you're losing a dream. This is really stinking hard. Mm -hmm. And all the what ifs that might not happen that you don't want to get your head wrapped in, but are just reality at that point. So that's kind of where we found ourselves after a year of trying, we went back to my doctor. We just told him, Hey, (laughs) this is really awkward, but like, are we doing something wrong? Pretty (laughs) sure we have this thing figured out. We're not really quite sure. And he said, okay, yeah, it has been a year. We'll start running some tests. Um, ran tests on both I and Thomas and things just came back normal. And that was really frustrating. Like, I know it sounds twisted, but part of me was like, maybe something's wrong. You know, like maybe they can find something. Yeah. Maybe my thyroid will be off. Who knows? You know, but people talk about being able to figure something out. So I was ho- kind of hoping for some bad news that would lead to answers. We just got great news. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm healthy, you're healthy. God loves us. What the heck? I was so mad. Um, and we kind of just kept trying and just try to be diligent. And with all that, there was Thomas going to training, <laughs> military life. That we doesn't help getting pregnant. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, so this is going to be impossible for the next two months. I was like, I know. Um, but yeah, we basically just like really started praying. And I know that that sounds really cliche because everyone's like, pray about it. And the last thing, honestly, that I felt like I really wanted to do was get real with God about it and be like, honestly, I'm kind of (laughs) mad. My life has been not so easy. So to be honest, also, Erica, I imagined that, I think I said this in the last episode, I almost believed that like God owed me this. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have had a really hard life and now we're here and this is happening to me. And I'm so confused because I've been through the ringer. (laughs) I've learned the things, like I've gotten the t-shirt. I just want to be a mom, I don't understand. So I was dealing with that at the same time, got real with God. And um, my mom ended up calling me and telling us like, hey, I don't don't know how helpful this can be for you, but I found something out about my body. Like I had endometriosis and I had no idea. And she's like, you might wanna go to hospital and, or to back to your doctor and just get checked or whatever. And obviously, I mean, y'all can look up endometriosis, but it basically causes painful cramping. A lot of women have it. They don't know they have it because it just like doesn't really present itself in a, in a tangible way. And then um, it causes infertility. So went back to my doctor. I was like, I know it sounds twisted, but I really want to have it just so that they can find something and do something about it. And so he said, you know, the best way we can actually diagnose this, if you think you have all the symptoms, I'm going to trust your gut. We need to do a laparoscopy. We need to get in there. I'm going to look around. If there is, I'll get it out. I'll give her a good spring cleaning and we'll <laughs> see what happens. And I was like, okay. And so I went in for surgery back in March and he found endometriosis 
and it was sitting right on the spots that would have really been hurtful for the process. And he cleaned me out and it was beautiful because we had time. And this is, wow, I feel like I'm talking so much. Can No, <laughs> like, it's, it's important. Okay. Please go for it. Okay, so I'll tell you the full story and then we can kind of get into where I feel like hindsight and looking back and I'm like, okay, praise God. That actually makes so much sense. So keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> so had the surgery, came back home, rested. He said, you'll need like three months, like give yourself three months to really like have grace with yourself. Your body's learning something new. She's healthier than she's ever been down there. So like, just give her some time. And it happened to be that the first two months after my surgery, Thomas was in training. So I really had good margin to heal and to pray and to just breathe through things. And then when he got back home, we were like, all right, game on. <laughs> and surely enough, Erica, like that first time we got pregnant. So it just was nuts. Like we, we needed an answer and there was such a delay in my mind. But looking back and we can jump into this, like it makes sense. And I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, but. It's not weird at all, though, because and it's also relatable to people not dealing with pregnancy, too, just because the the whole everything that you just said about, well, I feel like God owed me this. Like, I feel like I, you know, like I've been through so much. So why can't I just have this one thing? Like, I feel like that's a really relatable place for a lot of people, because literally that's how I've been feeling personally, just in like everyday life the past couple of weeks, you know, between work and all of these things. Like we all go through these periods of insane discouragement, I think, because we get stuck in our heads and think that we are somehow owed something because we think we've paid our dues. And it can be so easy to forget that like, A, that's not how life works and B, that's not how God works. (laughs) Right. So whether you're, whether it's related to fertility or infertility or whether it's related to like the job that you thought you should get or the promotion or like the partner that you thought you should have had or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's so easy in the moment to forget that like that's not the game we're playing. (laughs) No. So. And honestly too, like I'm so thankful it's not up to me. I would have (laughs) messed this thing, life up so many times. I had like gotten the partner or like the mate that I thought I was going to have for the rest of my life. I'm so thankful for Thomas because mm-hmm. like there were moments in my life. I, I wasn't sure it was him and I'm so glad he, it is. And I just like, this is what makes me so mad about. I'm mad at me about this. Please don't hear me say I'm mad at you about this. <laughs> I'm mad at me. Cause I'm like, how many times though has God proved himself? He's shown up in ways that I recognized and in ways I probably never recognized that he's kept me safe or he's given me what I needed or whatever. And I've blamed it on coincidence or my hard work or whatever, whatever. But the moment something hard comes up, I just want to blame him. Mm-hmm. That is not fair. That's not, I mean, that would, I'm the worst. For, if I did that to one of my friends and I just picked apart every small thing that they did and I got mad about, but I never said thank you. If I never, you know, if they got my coffee one day and I got their coffee the next, like that's not a fun friendship. And so I'm thinking through this, I'm like, okay, so really I had a super twisted relationship with God and it revealed a lot of hard things like that to me. And like I said, hindsight, timing, how logistics of just life has played out. It really was best that I was pregnant now, not two Mm -hmm. years ago, but I didn't do that. And it's so true because it's a relationship. So exactly what you just said, it's not supposed to be transactional. And God is not a genie. He's not the genie in the lamp that we can just be like, oh, hey, like, I need you. I need X, Y, Z. Please make it happen. Like, it is a relationship. So the same kinds of trials that we might experience in our relationship with our friends or our spouses we still are going to have trials in our relationship with God. It's just kind of more one-sided because like he's already perfect and got his stuff figured out and he's more the patient one waiting on us to get our acts together and like get on the same page of trust. So it's, oh my gosh, important to remember. You're right. Talk to us about the God winks in your journey because I know you shared this in on Behind the Bliss when you announced your pregnancy. And I was like, wow, what a cool, this was like the perfect hindsight is 2020 or yeah. God's sight is 2020 <laughs> kind of thing. And I know we mentioned God winks in past episodes of Thrive too, but I think they're worth mentioning again because they're just so cool yeah. and so special. 
And it's like such a beautifully intimate and almost funny way that God really does communicate with us in everyday life, Mm -hmm. which we also tend to forget because we're like, lightning bolt, message in a bottle, like send me something from above. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, wait. I'm right here. I'm speaking to you in the simplest of ways. You're not listening. Or we don't Um, see it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we don't have eyes to see, which is most of the time my my problem. Same. So um, there's several. So I'll just tell like a few and then – if there's one that you heard that you're like, but what do you tell about that? And let me know. Okay. Because I feel like I'm getting like more each day. So two years ago, we thought Thomas was going to be where we are today um, as far as training in Mississippi. So he got accepted to become a pilot. And that that process is really interesting with the military. You have to go through like basically three levels of training. And this is the second. And um, we thought that this would land two years ago, which is why we started when we started trying. We, our plan was always to come into training pregnant and uh, it, helps, it helps a lot just to be able to like have the, I mean, military life is really on the go. And so to have a year and a half promised in one location made a lot of sense for us to get pregnant because we're like, okay, well then we won't be moving or like relocated or whatever, like, it just makes sense. So that was the plan. <laughs> and it's funny because with things getting delayed, because that's just kind of how military is sometimes, with things getting rescheduled or canceled, or Thomas even like broke his foot right before he was supposed to come. So they had to put him in a new class. Like then COVID happened and it pushed all the other dates back. And and here we are and I'm we're coming into training pregnant like we desired. But I didn't know it was gonna be, you know, August 2020. I thought this was gonna be like May 2018 and it wasn't. And so God's like, girl, I hear you. I know I want that for you just as much as you want that for you. You know what? Great plan. I love that plan. I don't want to hold that plan away from you. And in fact, I want to give it to you so much so that it might be hard to wait for it. And that's, that's exactly, I feel like what happened. Um, I mean, he probably has a lot more loving and kind words than what I just said. I'm not putting words in his mouth, but that's why I really feel like the process was for me of saying, if, if, if I want to be aligned with what God has for me, I have to be okay waiting or being patient or moving and going right here, right now and saying yes. And I feel like rarely is there ever an in-between. <laughs> You're like, I want this. And God's like, okay. And he just drops a little parachute of whatever it was right in front of you. Like that, that isn't ha- That's Hunger Games. That's not. I was about to say God. that's the Hunger Games. And yeah. like, Lord knows we don't want that no. reality. <laughs> no. So I'm like, okay, this is not, that's not real. Really what he, what he wants. And it's not even, in my opinion, it's not that he's testing us. Romans eight twenty eight tells us that he wants to make all things good for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What does that mean? It means that when things you think are going bad, really he's trying his best because he's a good and perfect dad that is trying to weave together the story to have the last word and make sure the last word is a good word. But that means that sometimes the weaving is going to be really hard. It might be uncertain. It might be challenging, difficult, filled with grief, whatever it looks like, but that that's how it sometimes has to work in order for it to work out. It's not always going to be a, oh, you don't want to get pregnant. That is so cute. Let me just put a little baby in your tummy. Like that's, that's amazing. It happens for some people, but that's because it, it's, it's still in his timing. Mm-hmm. And so if you ask me, I'm like, listen, we've learned a lot through this, through this situation. And this is not going to be the last time we ask for something and we're called to wait for something. So we've learned a lot too. And I'm trying to share with friends today on your episode, like just the, what you think is going to be a delay is not a delay. What you think is going is a no is my, it might not be a no shoot. It might be, but it might not be. It might be a not right now. There's just so much more to who God is and I think our minds can conceive and we try to put them in a box and in an equation, whatever it is. And so when he doesn't meet our equation, we get mad, we doubt who he is and we write him off, which means that we don't see the God winks. We don't see how he shows up. So that yes. was one of them is timing. <laughs> the other one was, um, I had a friend actually text me. I think I maybe was like four days pregnant. I'm not kidding, Eric. I was so early. If I wouldn't, like the test would not have picked it up if I was. That Yeah, that's so early. Wow. Yeah. And she texted me and she said, hey girl. And we, she kind of, she knows my story. She has a little bit of context, I'm sure. But we don't text, we don't text often. She doesn't live in the same city as me. I love her so much, but she's not one of the girls that had the behind the scenes information. 
So she texted me and said, Hey girl, um, I don't, I don't know why, but I just had the weirdest, most vivid dream that you were pregnant. And I, she's like, I hope that, <laughs> I hope that's not weird. Cause she knew about my infertility journey. So I'm sure she really was hesitant sending that text. Oh, Cause that can sure. be sometimes hurtful. You know, that you're like triggering. Yeah. I'm like, don't like tease me. But yeah. no, for some reason I had so much hope. Like it, what I, that was bold of her. Cause now looking back, I'm like, I don't know if I would have texted one of my friends going through. <laughs> so good for her, but it was amazing. Cause it was the first like permission to hope and to dream and to be like, you know what? Maybe I am this time. Maybe I am. And it's okay to dream big, but it's okay to have hope. And I think what that two years did to me was really hard and dangerous where I started pre-grieving things that I never will ever walk through. So I wasted so much emotional energy writing a story Mm -hmm. that never happened (laughs) to, I also like lost what it was like to hope because I didn't want to hope and then be crushed again. Next time I started my period, I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and expect it to happen that way. When it does, I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. How pessimistic. I mean, some people call it realistic and I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, if you want to be pregnant then have the hope to be pregnant. Yeah. So her text really was a, Hey, Rach, it's okay. Like you, you can want that. It, it can still happen. That was awesome. Um, do you remember any other that you're like, I think those were the biggies, but I love, I love the timing story so, so, so much because in the moment, and I'm sure anyone listening who has been through or is currently going through a dark time in that period of time, it is, it feels all encompassing. It -hmm. completely envelopes you. It is so hard, if not impossible in the moment to see past it and to see the light at the end of the tunnel, because you're just in so much grief, whether it's grief for things that have already actually happened, or like you said too, grief of a dream or grief of some pre-grief, like, and we we went through that with everything with the NICU and you know that and all of my listeners know that. So it's funny though, now looking back and my husband, Jamie, and I just talked about this the other day. It's like Liv's approaching her second birthday. And when we look back now, the NICU is almost a blur, which Mm. is crazy because in that moment, it felt like a never ending hell. Like it yeah. was, it was our entire life for so yeah. long. And then for months thereafter, it was just medical complications and like hardship after hardship where every day we were like, oh my God, are we ever going to be out of this? Yeah. And now out of it on the other side, we're looking back and we're like, wow, it's hard to even remember that. Like it's like a, it's a bug on the rear view mirror now, but it's such yeah. an important part of our story and Liv's story and what God's story was for our family. So it's cool because you think about God's perspective. Oh my gosh, all of the hardships that we go through in everyday life are literally like blips on the mirror. And God's like, you know what? You just have to trust me and get through it. And mm-hmm. like you said, Romans eight twenty eight, there will be good at some point. You don't necessarily know when or what in what way, shape or form it's gonna take. And it might not necessarily be the good that you thought that you were going to get or that you should get, which is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Yeah. But it's going to be good for the kingdom and it's going to be good in what he knows needs and needs to happen for the greater good. So yeah. Yeah, man. And, and it, but it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just about to say like, how often am I like, I really want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And God's like, I think, I think we even talked about this on I can't remember. I'm like, there's so much good in that last episode. I'm like, okay, if I didn't say it there, I need to say it here. Yeah. But my thing is like, there's so many times I'm like, okay, I really want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And God's like, really? <laughs> or I'm like, I really want a Lunchable. God's like, okay. He's like, I, I have Thanksgiving feast. You're more than welcome to start having. You're like, grab a plate, get some stuffing, some turkey, anything you want. And I'm like, Mm, I think I'll have Lunchable. He's like, (laughs) are you kidding? And I think I do that so many times with the ideas in my head I think are amazing. I'm like, this is the best idea I've ever had. And God's like, that's a Lunchable idea. Like I got something better for you. But the better obviously takes longer to prepare. You don't just rip off a plastic like covering and start eating it. Like you have to wait. It's prepared. You probably smell it. And sometimes you got to wait till November. (laughs) Yeah, that's all to say. It sometimes only happens once a year if it's my family. So like I, I just there's just so many yeah that's the best way I know how to explain it is like I think that we have an idea of what we deserve quote unquote or who God is or what we would want for our life and I think God's like no 
I, I mean, Ephesians 3.20, he wants to give us abundantly more, all that we could ever ask or imagine. And in order for that to happen, we kind of have to submit to what he wants. And if he says, sit down, like, put your napkin in your lap and just like, hang on, and pull something <laughs> out of the oven, just sit down, put the napkin in your lap and <laughs> laugh and wait for something to come out of the oven. Like, just don't go reaching for the Lunchable. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I just, I think that that's how I operate at least. So I can imagine that's how other people operate. I'm just impatient sometimes. Absolutely. Okay. I think this is also where things can be hard because it can be a whole lot easier to share messages of hope from the other side, so to speak. And like you and I both have been through something hard, but we're on the other side. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily want to come at it from that space because that space is obviously not yet relatable for the girl still struggling to have a baby earth side. And the reality is that everyone's journey is different and everyone's path to get there looks different. And just because we want something in life, whether that's a baby or whether that's something else entirely like a job or a house in that neighborhood, it doesn't mean we're going to get it, even if we're the biggest God-fearing woman in the house. So since you've been in that place for two years without that knowledge or guarantee, obviously, of either conceiving your own biological children and and you know that pain of infertility and the struggle of hope in the darkest times, can you speak to that girl now? Maybe not necessarily as the girl who's now on the other side, but as the girl who knows how hard it is to stay hopeful and faithful when you're essentially feeling forsaken. And how do you stay faithful and not lose hope entirely with each failed pregnancy test? Mm -hmm. You know, like what helped you to stay close to God and like, Stay mentally okay in the hardest of hard times, pretending that you don't know (laughs) that it has a happy ending the way that you hoped that it would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I didn't feel that way. (laughs) I um, there were a lot of moments where I think we took we I think we took like three pregnancy tests because I actually had the you know, like you actually have a reason to take one. You're late or whatever. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just take one. And they were, and they were negative. And, um, but obviously I had what, like 24 periods and 24 times I was let down and I get it. And there's people probably that are like, yeah, I'm on my hundredth period now. And there's people that are like, I'm in month three and I'm already really devastated. Like you're saying, everyone's got a different process mm-hmm. and scenario, but I just want to give you the permission that it's okay to not feel hope. Like, I pray you don't stay there, but I think the guilt that we give ourselves for feeling feelings that we quote unquote shouldn't be feeling Mm -hmm. (laughs) or uh, whatever, make it, made it harder for me at least, but it gives us a beautiful opportunity. Like I was saying earlier to get real with God and be like, I don't like that. (laughs) That's not fun. I don't want to do this. No, 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 no. And I think he gives us the permission to be real with him. And that's the relationship we have where he's like, okay, just. I, I want to comfort you, but I can't comfort you if you're pretending to be comfortable. I can't comfort you mm. if life is comfortable all the time. Like, I want to be your savior. I want to rescue you. I want to be with you. I want to walk through waters with you. But I think that I forgot to invite him into those mo- I forgot to invite him in the bathroom when I was about to like, you know, you're like, I think I started my period. Let me go check. Like, I forgot to be like, okay, come well, with you've me. Given- yes. Like you've given me a spirit. Like you have not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. And then I walk in the bathroom. I wish I had done that. I didn't. I think it would have made things easier. So when you feel like you f- should feel a certain way, it can make things harder. So instead of like being mad at your emotions, just cling to truth because your truth trumps feelings every time. Mm-hmm. So like have even like a deck of index cards. <laughs> I'm just talking practically. Like oh, have yeah. something, a note in your phone, whatever it is with encouraging verses like, um, you know, haven't been given a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, sound mind. Like I'm strong and courageous. I won't be terrified or forsaken because the Lord, my God is with me wherever I go or whatever it looks like for you that he's promised me good. Like Romans eight twenty eight, he's going to give me abundant and a full life. And only the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's not my God. Things like that. Like, although you don't feel that it's true, you're reminding like your spirit woman will be reminding your body and your mind woman. Like you better believe it because it's truth. And sometimes they can be so separated, especially in a moment of grief or just like, there's so much work. <laughs> there's so much to work through. The last thing you want to do is like 
make sure that your mind, your body, and your soul are all aligned. That's a lot of work. But if you just like center yourself in the Lord first, repeat things that you don't know you fully believe, but you want to believe are true, repeat them. There's power in the word of God and it will never return void. So that's my first like tip. Honestly, that's what I wish I would have done more of. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, don't, I would just say, I can't promise you anything. And I would, if I could, I really, like, I really, I wish I could circle a date on the calendar and be like, just hold out for this. Cause that's easier. That's not how it works. And so because of that, instead of getting mad at the weight, I would almost bask in the mystery of mm-hmm. who God is and be like, okay, since I can't figure you out, cause I don't think we're ever going to figure him out, honestly, till we meet him. Like, since I can't really truly figure you out and how, and how everything works, will you just show me what I'm supposed to be learning at least? And I think he is going to reveal some really cool things to you. So that goes for women that are infertile. That goes to me today when I'm about to have a hard conversation. Like that goes, that should go before anything that you do that you feel like you can't do on your own because newsflash, you can't. Mm -hmm. So those are some practicals. And I really hope they help because I wish I would have done them. I love that. And I think that's so important. I, I forget if we talked about this on Behind the Bliss or Thrive in the Past, wherever, but I feel like we've talked about this before where like, even in the, even if you think about like having a fight with your spouse, for example, like I couldn't even tell you how many times I've gotten into a fight with Jamie and then I ended up literally like in the bathroom crying on the floor yeah. or something. <laughs> and in those moments, that's somehow when I feel closest to Jesus, mm-hmm. which is yeah. crazy because never in a million years are we all jumping up and down going, yup, give me a really hard thing, God, because I just want to cry a lot and then then I'll yeah. feel you. Like you really just, you, I feel like half the time we expect to just be dancing in a meadow happy with like a perfect life feeling close to Jesus. And like, that's not how it works. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and we forget that sometimes he breaks us down so that he can build us up because we yeah. need his strength to get through that. So it's like, we go through such hard times and it's, this is, it's basically never feels like this in the moment, but maybe this is something that we kind of get after going through the other side. (laughs) It's like, you almost end up seeing the message from the mess and you see the blessing in it all because you're like, you know what? Like that grew my faith because even if it didn't go the way I wanted it to go or that Mm -hmm. I thought it should go, it still went. I still got through it. I'm still here. And the Lord brought me there. So, yeah. and I'm okay. Like, yeah, I'm like I'm okay. <laughs> human being. <laughs> yeah. And I just went through some of my hardest things. Yeah. Right. And even yeah. just getting through to the other side sometimes is the victory that he helped us get through. So, yeah. You know, like, okay. So, funny, like, Bible geek moment. I'll make this really short and fun because <laughs> this is really cool to me. But um, so the Israelites, when they were being led out of Egypt from their slavery, Moses was leading them and they ended up get, getting stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. Like people were birthed there. People died there. That's a really long time, right? So 40 years, they were stuck in this wilderness. Like you and They're, I have not lived enough life to yeah, be yeah, yeah. in. <laughs> We'd still be there. <laughs> We've like only really done like three fourths of it. Or it like, would have been our whole yeah. life thus far. Whole life. <laughs> no, count me out. So thankful, Lord, I'm not an Israelite. Wow. Okay, so, <laughs> but the crazy thing is that journey was supposed to take 11 days. 11 days turn into 40 years. And I don't know why I wasn't there personally, but the Bible tells us that the people were grumbling and complaining. God was doing really cool, miraculous things. Like literally like, where are you going to find food in a desert? You don't. So God dropped food from the sky called manna and they had to eat it every day. And that's what they lived off of. And the manna wasn't tasty. I mean, it literally was just like bread. So they were just eating bread for 40 years. Wow. So like, I'm like, I love bread, but give me some olive oil and like some tomatoes, bruschetta, like... (laughs) I hope those were like all garden breadstick bread, not like like Sarah Lee. So I'm like, okay, they literally were grumbling, complaining. God was still doing miracles in front of their faces, and they still chose to grumble and complain for 40 years. Like it should have only taken 11. But even like the Bible was specific enough to say that they like, they doubted God. And I think honestly, if, and I don't know how this could have worked out. I'm just proposing a theory. Like what if they had had, an incredible attitude, an attitude of gratitude. Mm 
And I've been like, wow, this is really hot. It's really hot in this desert. I don't, my, my feet really hurt, but I'm just going to keep walking. Cause I know, and this is the thing too. They were, they were marching through the desert to get to a promised land, to get to a land. Literally it says in the Bible filled with milk and honey. Like there were milk waterfalls and like they were going to go there. And Moses was leading them there, but they were grumbling, complaining, taking lots of breaks, massaging their feet, arguing, doubting God, all the things. And I think all these added up to this one big distraction that, that the enemy wanted them to have, which was to keep them from their destiny. And I think about that in my life, like how many 11 day journeys have I made into 40 year journeys? Ooh, because I haven't so good. in, asked God, be like, okay. <laughs> Obviously, if you had given me an option, I would have been rather walking through the rainforest, not the desert. But since I'm here, but since I'm here, what is it you have for me? How can we get through this together? Like, what direction do I go? Left? Okay, cool. I'll go left. Right? Okay, now I'll go right. And it might take 11 days, maybe 12 because I'm a slow walker, but like (laughs) it should not have taken 40 years. So that's where I'm like, okay, how many things in my life am I grumbling, complaining, dragging my feet, not being obedient? trying to go trying to negotiate and justify and all the things. And God's like, okay, okay, sure. Like we'll go at this at your own pace. And I'll still have the Like they still got to the promised land. He never took away the promise. He never didn't fulfill what he said he was going to do. Just, it was on the people, not God. So, oh, so good. Yeah. It's an Exodus. If y'all want to read, it's actually, <laughs> I didn't like reading it. I was very convicted the whole time. I was like, I'm just going to stop reading for today. <laughs> I need to pause. <laughs> I feel this. Yeah, I feel this. So I just, I just want people to hear, like, I love my God enough to stand up for him. And this might be hard to hear, but he's good. And he's got your best interest at heart more than you do. He wants Mm -hmm. to have a better life than you want yourself to have a better life. So I'm going to stand up for my God for a moment and say, like, it might be on us. Think about it too. It's like, I see this all the time and you're going to see this too. When you have a toddler. LLL, Erica, I need your help. (laughs) uh Uh-huh. Like, it. maybe maybe people listening aren't a Bible geek and you're rolling your eyes at us, but, like, that's fine. Think about any, I don't know, two-year-old that you have met along the way and how many times sometimes you have to say, like, nope, this is is how you should do it. Like, nope, do it like this, do it like this. And you're letting them do it because you're like, what are you going to do? I'm just looking at this and laughing. And you're looking at it going like, oh, ha, 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 what a child. They don't know any better. Yeah. But if they would just listen to what you were saying, they would have done it in, what, 10 seconds? Like, toddlers are literally known for taking, like, a 10-second task and turning it into 10 minutes or more (laughs) and then some and also leaving a massive tornado mess for you to clean up after. And it's like hello, that is God with us. Like God's just up there looking at us going, ah, ha, ha. Like if only you would listen to me, I would have made this easier for you. But no worries. I'll just come and clean up your mess in the end anyway, because I love you and I would do anything for you. And it's like, hello. (laughs) Yeah. He knew the fact we were, he knew the fact I was going into the bathroom and crying and doubting him and getting really mad and like borderline cussing him out. Like he knew, he he knew I was going to do that before I was even ever born. But he sent his son Jesus so that I could have the grace to be able to talk to him in the realest of ways, to have a relationship with him and be like, I need access to that information. He's like, okay, well, thanks to my son Jesus, you do. And if we try to do it our own way. So basically, I think that we, we want to be able to negotiate with God, make things make sense in our brain, give anything an excuse that we can find peace or whatever. But when we do that, we're taking God we're taking Jesus out of the equation and we're saying like, I love that you died on the cross for me, but it wasn't enough actually. So I'm going to make some things up in my mind to make me feel better about this and Uh how offensive. So like (laughs) instead just be like, you know what? I'm going to be humble enough to say, I'm not quite sure what's going on right here. I'm just grateful you're using me. I will be here. I will be obedient, whatever it takes. This hurts really, really bad. I just want to be honest with you about that. But Thank you, Jesus, that I have the hope that even the worst things I think crucified on a cross can lead to something like freedom. So if that can happen for him, something can happen for me. And yes. I hope we have. And Take I think it's a church, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I, listen, I know it's a lot, it's like easier said than done. I get it. And honestly, I think that if I had listened to an episode like this uh, around like eight months, nine months of drawing, I probably would have stopped listening. But listen, I just want I just want people to hear coming from someone on the other side. And not because, not because I'm better, not because my story's cooler, not because God loves me more, anything like that. That's not how this works. I'm telling you this because I'm talking to the me 
I'm talking to me a year and a half ago. And this is what I needed to hear. So I can imagine it's something you might need to hear too. So please hear me say this out of love. Like I'm only telling you this. I know it's hard to hear because I love you. And I wouldn't be loving you well if I came on Erica's podcast today. It was just like talking all the fun pregnancy things. That's not loving you well. So that's And the thing to point out too that I think is really important is not once have you said, you know what? I'm just so blessed. Like I'm just, God has just blessed me. Like, yes, God has blessed you. God has blessed me. We are all blessed. But I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily benefit from hearing that sort of message when they're going through the hard time because you just sit there and you're like, uh, yeah, hi. Can God, hello, can you uh, bless me too? Like, yeah, I like, would can also you share like, your blessing that mm-hmm. you happen to claim. Right. Like, I, yeah. so that can be hard because we, we can hear messages that have the best of intentions to serve as encouragement and as hope giving. And they can end up accidentally having the reverse effect of people yeah. just becoming a little bit more bitter and a little bit more discouraged in terms of like, yeah, hi, mm, feeling a little bit forgotten here. Like, you want to pass one over? Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you haven't mentioned that, although it is true that yeah. we are blessed, but the focus is on the tr- sticking to truth and just yeah. as hard as it can be, acknowledging that feelings are not facts. And there is only one being in the universe who has all of the facts lined up yeah. in order and knows what's knows what's going to happen and why. So that's what you just got to cling to as, as freaking hard as that is so many times. Yeah. It's just true. Just be faithful. Mm-hmm. Show up. Show up. Do you have any tips for thriving in your relationship still if you are facing a really tough thing? together because I know you've mentioned this before and I actually I feel like I heard you talking about this on your pregnancy announcement where infertility was kind of one of the first mountains you were called to climb together like you think you think it'll be easier (laughs) climbing a mountain with a buddy but I think sometimes it's even harder because there's Mm -hmm. a whole new set of challenges that come when you're also responsible for checking in with and helping someone else through the same hard thing that you are also going through. So what sort of helped you and Thomas most to not let your tough thing get the best of you? Like, were there Mm -hmm. any sort of practical things that a listener can take, press pause on this podcast on and go to her partner and put to good use to feel closer or just feel a little bit better together, even amidst the mess? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Great question. Oh, man. Um, The uh, one of the things I will start out saying is that I think it was easier to be frustrated with each other because we were frustrated with our circumstance. So anything else was just extra. Like I was extra peeved because he put the bowls on the bottom of the dishwasher, the top, like no small things like that were, um, Oh, it's kind of cutting out. Is it okay? It blipped really quick, but I think we're okay. 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 (laughs) Things like him putting the bowls on the bottom of the dishwasher instead of the top, like extra peeved me because I was already peeved with my circumstance. And so I think in those moments that you are frustrated, just know like, this is so normal. (laughs) Welcome. Um, just to life and marriage. Hello. But Mm -hmm. also go to your partner and say like, because this is a good reminder for you as well. Saying it out loud is going to help saying like, you're not my enemy. We only have one enemy actually. And we're a team. And the infertility thing isn't a you problem and it's not a him problem. It's not even a y'all problem. It just sucks. (laughs) There's no one to blame. Um, One of like the sweetest days I think was like when we were both getting tested and I think it clicked in his mind like this isn't a Rachel problem or maybe it is we don't know but like it could also be a me problem you don't know and um it was really sweet and intimate because we both were so humbled and realized like you know there's no one to blame here it's just kind of life so um one just realize that you aren't the enemy and he's not your enemy you guys are a team but your team's only as strong as your weakest link I hate saying it, but it's true. So like when someone's really struggling, like have um, grace with them, be patient and slow and kind with them. But then also when, when you can 
when you can basically partner with Jesus and pray for them, I think it does so much more than what you could ever see. I think there's a lot of work that goes on in their heart. So I would say also pray and that, that just as a practical. Um, but another cool thing that we really love to do, especially with just like infertility is also weird because then like the most intimate and fun thing that it used to be now has become a chore. And you're like, okay, we've got to do this X amount of times a week for us to have this certain amount of chance that it would happen this month. And it just like the romance gets sucked out, (laughs) absolutely taken away. And so I think like even just having open but awkward communication, like I just don't want to think about that today. Like I really just want to have time to love on you. Like that's all I really want. And that's the goal at the end of this. (laughs) It's not – did we conceive or not? Like did honestly, do we feel connected right now or not? I think is another good question and awkward, but good to ask. But, um, it is just so weird, but also at the same time, so beautiful that you have something to do. And like you're saying, a mountain to climb together, because although the mountain climbing is really, really hard, it makes the view so much more worth it when you get there and you have someone to enjoy it with. Mm, and you're so able to good. sit there, take your time, like hold hands, look, be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like when we got the positive pregnancy test, it did I don't think it would have meant as much to me had we not known what it took to like climb a rock face to get there. And um, that moment was so intimate and so sweet that I don't, I just, you can't, it's like euphoric. You can't really explain it to anyone, but I think that you just, yeah, you just, you have to remember you're a team. It's just you too. Yeah. And too, sometimes that perspective, that new perspective that you have, or even just like a new sense of appreciation, a new gratitude that maybe was there before, but, or would have been there, but maybe yeah. just not to the degree that it was, that sometimes could be the good, like beyond even just the beautiful baby that you will now have in nine months mm-hmm. for, inter- for anyone with any hard thing you look back on it and there was something that changed in you through it. You know, like I think of it because I was bullied really badly as a kid and I would, you know, you go through that and I'm sure so many people can relate to something like that and you go through that and oh my God, you don't, you want to, you want to exit that stage left immediately and (laughs) you wouldn't wish that upon your kids in a million years. But I'm like, you know what? The way that I treat people today is entirely dependent on me knowing how, that felt and how it felt to be treated like you just didn't matter or you were worthless or you weren't worth anybody's time. It changes how you treat other people. So you know what? Like God can take your bad thing and change that and use that in ways that that happened to me in the sixth grade. Like, so it's literally been a very long time since all of that. And that's where the effect happens, you know? So it's like that you, your appreciation for, your baby now and the way that you treat your baby, the way that you treat fellow girlfriends who are going through what you went through, like all of that is now impacted by your story. So all of that now has the potential to have good come from it because of what you went through, which is like, look at that mountain. (laughs) Yeah. I had someone last night, they were like, get ready to wake up every two hours to like feed or like soothe your baby back to sleep. And I was like, that actually sounds amazing. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> bring it on. Out with my biological dial, two hours. Yes, I, count me in. I'm so pumped. So yeah, totally. It changes your perspective. It also yeah. shows you that there's so many people fighting battles that aren't public mm-hmm. and you never would know. So like n- the woman checking me out at the grocery store the other day and bagging my groceries, like had no idea that we were having a really bad day. She had no idea, but she treated me with kindness and it, and honestly uplifted me. I was like, okay, this is actually really kind. This is really sweet. And vice versa, it can have a counter effect when you're not treated with kindness. And so think about the way that you're treating other people. Everyone's got a battle. You just might not even know. They could have gotten the worst news at the doctor that morning. Like just treat them with, like have the grace for them that you would expect and you'd want for yourself. That's what I've learned through this process too. Oh, so, so, so good. So I don't, I won't ask you what, um, thriving means to you exactly because we did that last time you were here but I would love to know if you think what thriving means to you now or I don't want to say now now that you have good news but has I guess the message from the mess and how you strive to thrive or the definition of thriving itself has that evolved at all now for you now Mm -hmm. that you do have 
an, another side, <laughs> that you're on the other side, or now that you have had more pieces come together for your puzzle, do you think any of that has kind of changed for you at all? Or have you gotten any more clarity in the message now that you're on the other side of the mess? Huh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think that thriving would be the same. Like, I think whether you're in the hardest place or you're at, like we we're saying, the mountaintop, I think that thriving is just living your best moment wherever you are. And so if your best moment is being able to like make it through the McDonald's drive through so you can get a Coke because you needed one, like, and that's thriving to you, go for it. If thriving is you get a positive pregnancy test one day, like that's, that's all you, like, that's amazing. So I just think thriving is just doing the best with what you have, with wherever you are in life. And that applies to the worst, the best and everything in between. So I'd say no, but it is fun to be like, I like this thriving a lot. <laughs> I like this side of thriving a lot, but, but shoot, I will probably be in another valley in life because that's how it works. So like, I'm just going to export this podcast, download it, make sure I have it so I can speak. Some <laughs> yeah. Thriving, just doing the best with what you have with wherever you are. And that applies to pretty much a lot of places. Yeah. I think Teddy Roosevelt said that back in the day. So clearly he really? was on think so. I heard, uh -huh. I think I heard Rachel Hollis say it or something. And then I was Googling the quote because I love it. And I say that all the time myself too. And I think Teddy Roosevelt was the first to, to put those words together and Go make Teddy. the magic happen. Go Teddy. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. Like that is oof. a good one. It's yeah. a good one. Oh my gosh. So we mentioned you have behind the bliss podcast, which, Oh yeah. my goodness, everybody listen to it. So, so, so good. Can't even tell you how good it is. Where else can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at rachel.autry. So it's just Rachel, just E-L, not A-E-L. And then Autry, A-W-T-R-E-Y. <laughs> and then I also have rachelautry.com. And yeah, Behind the Bliss podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Yay. Wait, before you go, if you like what you just listened to, drop us five stars on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Legenza with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive. <laughs>